Welcome to Strike and Mike 287. Um, I guess everyone's going to want to hear before we get about, into it. Everyone's going to want to hear about Ron DeSantis if he wears elevator shoes and whether Donald Trump wears a diaper. What? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. That, that's the uh, – those are the hot topic. Sorry, uh, I'm just hot. messing with you and your frame. Okay, there we go. Those well, I actually did see something very interesting regarding Ron DeSantis, which is actually that Randy Fine. I didn't know this until we just across the um, across the story yesterday while talking about Trump stuff. Um, Randy Fine, the Jew, uh, the Jew state senator from Florida, who was like like literally Ron DeSantis's shadow, uh, ditched him a a week ago for Trump. Which kind of jives with a theory that we were putting out there, which is there. There's definitely probably a faction of Jews that are starting yes. to trying to going to coalesce behind Trump because they think he's if if this shit gets bad, which it might. Uh, well, they would ideally prefer DeSantis. Yes. the The problem. With- no one else would. <laughs> right. Right. And here's here's the problem too. The main the main issue with DeSantis is that you know they've spent all this money on consultants trying to figure out what it is about Trump that MAGA loves, right? Um, what is it? Is it Trump's immigration policies? Is it Trump's um, views on using the state to get back at enemies? Is it you know what what exactly is it? And so they they design this candidate in a laboratory, Ron DeSantis. Uh, especially when it comes to COVID stuff. They really, right. the, the, the DeSantis people went all in on COVID stuff because if you actually read MAGA publications, you know, they were, that this was a big deal to them. You know, vaccines, lockdowns, mm-hmm. uh, getting revenge on, um, what's his face, Fauci. All these things uh, were important to MAGA people, according to their research, all fine on paper. Yet, what's the concept goes into the 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 field once they actually feel this thing total and utter failure and i'll tell you why they don't actually understand what the maga thing is about frankly i don't even understand it anymore um but to a large extent it's as we've always said nothing to do with policy again ron DeSantis is not doing anything on immigration or anything else because all of his laws, all the, the, the big ticket items that he's putting out there, like the stop woke act, those things get, they get crushed in court. So it's not like that's really sticking, but it looks more plausible than Trump. Anyway, long story short, uh, MAGA people don't want what's left of MAGA. Don't care about politics anymore. Okay. They just want Trump. That's it. Well, it's also it's a fuck you, and Bye. Trump. The problem, one thing they couldn't ever give DeSantis, particularly not after all that um, focus group shit they did with them, is the perception of being an outsider. They can't they can't give him that. Um, they would literally need to start putting him up on indictment and having all kinds of like make like literally have him be arrested would, and shit like that. It probably still wouldn't even work, but yeah, they would need to have him <clears throat> say racist things, right? And his. His handlers, his marketing They people simply won't let him do that. Won't yeah. let him because yeah. it goes against all convention uh, yeah. politics. Yeah. So he would have to be doing like things like yeah, call, you know, talking about uh, how immigrants are poisoning our blood. Like things <laughs> right. never going to yeah. do that. Right. You he can't, can't do that, stuff like that. That's what people love about he can, Trump. He can be um, pedantic about uh, immigration policy. He can be an, right. a wonky, wonky about a policy. But he can't have that that can't like that, that he can't actually be no one actually thinks he's a racist. They think he's the type of guy that adopts <laughs> a black son because he is. And just like Mike Johnson. Did you I mean we, I, you had mentioned this. I know everyone wants to hear about the protests and we'll talk about that, but did you you, you know the Mike Johnson thing? You had mentioned what, this in a one, chat. In a which thing? Well, just the fact that like when he was twenty one, he and his wife adopted like a fourteen year old black kid. Yeah, there's like a ten year difference between him and his adopted black. It's very son. very strange. I mean, which it, you know, I, I I'm I'm keen on the theory that he's a faggot, and he, he, <laughs> he, 
he adopted that black son to keep his wife entertained. Uh, or himself. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Who knows? Or himself. I mean, seriously, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You now, never know. When it came you to Matt know. Gates and Nestor, my theory was a lot of people were like, "He's Nestor is Matt Gates. Matt Gates and Nestor are." are no. But my theory was always, "No, no, no." I think Matt Gates is totally cynical. And I don't even think, I think my conspiracy theory there, Matt Gates never actually adopted Nestor. They're actually not related at all. It no. was all, it was all fake. He's an actor and they paid him to own the libs. Yeah. Yeah. The libs. Oh, I thought it was Gates actually his, his girlfriend's uh, younger brother, his ex-girlfriend's younger brother or something like that. Well, That's yeah, what it was. but I think that the reason he trotted Nestor out is literally to own the libs. Yeah. Like the, the libs are calling him a racist. <laughs> And so he's like, "How can I be a racist?" Did he you? looks in his he looks he he reaches in his bag of tricks, yeah. in his bag of Roger Stone tricks. I'm sure Roger Stone told him to do this. He's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, they can't call you a racist adopt a brown kid a, if you have a black son. They can't call you a racist." And it seems like they're all going according to that playbook. Dude, find I mean, me. See the Supreme Court Judge uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. This is like a right. This is what I mean. Find like, me a a mainstream national level right wing figure that doesn't have a black son. <laughs> you can't Lindsey do it. Graham. Impossible. Yeah. Lindsey, well, Lindsey Graham, right? <laughs> I'm sure he has black boys in his house, but that's different. Yes. But um, no, the best was the best was when Mike Johnson. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this. He said that um, he was convinced to oppose reparations for blacks because his black son had a very thoughtful perspective on why it was wrong. Wow. Sure. <laughs> well, you know. I find I find that a lot more I find that kind of stuff a lot more disturbing than even liberals that put a BLM sign in their window um, because it's, it's a lot it's like a, that, yeah. that's really going all the way because just putting it's sign. low effort to signal like with the sign and just go along with the crowd just because you don't want to get in trouble or you want to go with the flow or you you know also, that's low effort but the also in the places where these people live like in rural America where all these evangelical Christians live there are tons and tons of little white kids in foster care or who need uh, parent parents because their parents their real parents die from drug overdoses. Mm-hmm. So why isn't that? You know, okay, I think adopt adopting <clears throat> a, adopting children can be a nice thing, okay? But when it's so nakedly political, I mean, that's literally what Angelina Jolie does. Like these people do like they use black black babies, black children as a fucking political prop, as a yeah. fashion statement. It's really people it's don't really like it. weird. Even from the black child's perspective, I don't yeah. think they they themselves are comfortable being used as a sort of political prop. David French is another once one. they figure out what's going on, yeah, they probably are like, "What the hell?" Yeah, is they're this? resentful and they yeah. become the most anti-white of all. Yeah, you know, it's just weird. It's creepy. I'll never understand it. Right. Um, you know, uh, I understand. You know, having a having a big heart and wanting to adopt a kid or something, but. I don't understand doing it for some racial, like to show how much of a uh, of a, of a of a racial martyr you are, yeah. a white martyr, a white savior you are. It's really creepy and weird. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Uh, most right wingers are doing it. Most people think so too. It must be something uh, about being close to power and elite status that makes this more attractive. Um, I think I people know. that look in the mirror one day and say, I want to be president, mm-hmm. they talk to consultants, they, they talk to people in Washington in the Beltway, and they're like, how do I do this? Well, the first advice they'll give you is, like, well, you can't be racist. It's like, got it. You're If you're right wing, you're always going to be called racist. How do you beat that? He's like, okay, adopt a black son. That's really what <laughs> Nobody actually what I, says, tells them, just lean into it. Just no, lean and into that's it. why, and that's why they can never get rid of Trump. That's why they can't get rid of Trump, right? Because Trump leans into it. Okay, he does. <laughs> he <laughs> he has black supporters. I saw Waka Flocka. <laughs> oh, dude, niggers love Trump, man. No, they don't love Trump. They loved his. They love Trump's money. They love. <laughs> they love the Trump campaign's money. The Trump campaign probably paid him an exorbitant amount of money to go at his at his rap <laughs> concerts and go. Trump 2024, Trump 2024. Like he was doing yeah. that shit at his rap concert. Yeah, that's obviously that's that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing on another level, but it's so tacky you can only laugh. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the protest. Everybody wants to hear about um, about our protest that we went to do on Saturday. Um, you know, I talked about it a little bit yesterday on tedious, but we had to do our, our spooky Holocaust special with a few extra Hamas additions to it. But oh, um, babies in ovens. Well, now, ovens. now, dude, did you see? I saw a post. I'm not sure how legit it was, but I saw a post today, a screenshot of one that was like they were showing teeth and saying these are the baby, the teeth of the babies yeah. that were baked in the ovens. I wouldn't be surprised if they were doing that. <laughs> Wait, oh, you didn't see this? Like, I, I posted it in the chat just the before teeth. you, just before we got online. Yeah. The teeth. The teeth yeah, they're enemies. saying these are the murdered Israeli children of Kibbutz Be'eri. They were tortured, dismembered, and then burned to death. Archaeologists are sitting through the rubble to find their teeth. This could be a joke. That has to be. This could be a joke. But, but I, hey, I've seen dude, crazier stuff in Holocaust lore. I mean, the thing is, one thing to remember is about Jewish massacre stories. Them being cooked in ovens and burned up alive so there's no remains is, is a common element to them. And the reason is because they're lying, and they can't yeah. they can't show you the bodies. Now, um, a couple several years ago, we did a video, we did a segment on on tedious, and we posted a video of it where uh, there was a segment from this this Thomas Dalton book called Eternal Strangers, where he talked about uh, philosophers and thinkers and writers throughout the centuries that had talked about Jews and what they were saying about them, and some of the passages were from Jews themselves. And in 38 AD, there was reportedly a pogrom of Jews in Alexandria, Egypt, and the philosopher who was a Jew, Philo Judaicus, uh, wrote about it, and he he said that the uh, people in Alexandria burned um, green plants to create a lot of smoke to kill the Jews with smoke, and then burned their bodies up so there was nothing left. So he was saying Jews were gassed and burned up. Um. In 38 AD, so there's the, the now my view on this is not that there's some like it's is that they're just lying, so they need to make up ways that people were killed in a, like a non-violent way, and then they need to make up why that you don't see a bunch of dead bodies everywhere, and <laughs> they were just burned alive. They're gone. You can't see them because well, they're just last, always lying. The last thing I saw recently was BB basically I think admitting that they blew up the hospital. Oh yeah. Cause, yeah, because he was going out there saying, you know, uh, the Allies bombed the hospital, children's hospital in World War II by mistake. Uh, that so, was an old film, though. Oh, it was? Yeah, that was an interview from a while. Well, yeah, you didn't notice he looked much younger in that video. I saw that same video. It oh, seemed okay. like it was very much younger. But even so, it was he was justifying the same type of action. He was justifying the Jews indiscriminately killing civilians and he said something like yeah the um and i'm sure the story's even made up he said like they wanted to bomb some command and control center in berlin but right next door to it was a children's hospital and they bombed the children's hospital and that was a mistake but you know these things happen well uh i don't know the allies did do horrific things in World War Two, but oh yeah, like that. but the idea that they uh, that there was just a command and control center next to a children's hospital, I find these kinds of tales. Oh yeah, I mean, it's I'm sure the bad yeah. guys. You know what I find? It's fun? always the bad guys that when do you, that, when you right? Read, when you read, when you read non-Jews, including opponents, when you read t- uh, the the witness accounts of non-Jewish people in World War Two, mm-hmm. German soldiers are always described as knightly, as ethical. As very disciplined, the, the the only people that say otherwise, the only people that say, "Oh yeah, uh, German soldiers walked into the Warsaw Ghetto and started throwing Jews in wheelchairs out of the off the balcony." No, like that was the, movie, the that was the Palestinians the in the eighties that threw the Jew in the wheelchair over. The well, <laughs> I saw a video today of Israeli soldiers in the West Bank beating up some dude in a wheelchair. Yeah. So yeah, my point is that you know. As we can see in this conflict in real time, they just accuse you of what they're doing. Yeah, all the time. Yes, they, 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 there's a someone stole. You saw them steal the cookie from the cookie jar, and they'll look you right in the eye and say, "You stole it." That's how, yeah. <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah, that's and, how they operate. And, and, and they, and they you have to you have to revisit every single claim about every single other people that they've fought in history. Yeah, you have to look at everything with fresh eyes and and, and all of the, yeah, and like like going back to 38 AD, the Alexandrians, like, what really happened there? Did they really, 
do this massacre of Jews, or have they always done these? Have they always made these claims as a way to seek power, to get sympathy and get power that way, um, and also to keep their own people in line, to keep their own people like feeling like the outside outsider is always the enemy, which they probably now inbred themselves so much that that's like a that's like a genetic thing with them. Uh, you know, they select for people that are are very much like that, but. Um, the thing with the hospital, I was worried at the end of it because I was like, now that they've established this narrative, they have kind of like, they feel like they've got like f- lease to just bomb hospitals. And they've actually just been openly bombing hospitals the last few days. And it hasn't gotten any comment because it is, they, through that, through that psyop that they did by bombing the hospital, then saying they didn't do it. Then getting phony, you know, we did a whole segment on TDS last week about yeah. the guy, the kid that they got to, the, the phony Bellingcat type, it wasn't Bellingcat, Bellingcat type guy that was one that broke the story that they didn't really do it using that online drawing lines on photograph style oh, yeah. investigation shit. And then they can rely on that because nobody will trust the intelligence agencies. If, they, if, if the CIA just says like, <laughs> well, our intelligence says they didn't have, no one's going to believe that. So they have this third party do it and it's yeah. it's just a way to launder all this stuff um and then the new york times um apologizes and said we didn't totally get it right and now it's just like okay now and elon musk takes away their gold star and all this shit happens so now it's just like okay so now you just can't report on these massacres now you just can't report what hamas is saying or the ministry of health for gaza is saying because it's all a lie because terrorists are always lying and blowing up their own yeah. people and so and, and they're, the Jews are still saying that their counts of dead are fake. They're saying those counts are fake. They're, no, they're, those are no, people. By the way, there's no video on the. Is that on purpose? No, I, I mean I'm I'm sending video. Maybe I'm sharing the wrong screen on the, with you. On the website, there's no video. No, there's video. Oh, there is. Okay. I mean, I is I. I had oh, I just it. see the link. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, you got to click to the to the. Um, to the actual gotcha. post. I, I put the tag in the wrong place. All right, I can fix That's that. That's fine. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah, it should be on the front page. All right, whatever. Sorry sorry for that digression. Um, but yeah, the... Um, actually, wait, that's weird. Okay, well, whatever. I'm just leaving it because I'm not sure why that's happening. Uh, we'll just press forward. Um, but you actually have to click on the link. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, we, we were talking. Yeah, we were talking about the, um, yeah, the, the fact that they're just bombing hospitals. Yeah, so they've they've so so they set the narrative that you can't accuse them of this, and then they just start doing it with impunity. And and you remember, Ehud Barak went on the BBC and said, "We're going to bomb the Al Shifa hospital because there's a Hamas base underneath it." Now today, some Norwegian doctor who works there came out and he said, "That's bullshit." Right. And he said, "Show us evidence." And and basically, here, here's the fact: they want to blow up all the hospitals in the Gaza Strip. Right. So that people can't have hospitals. That's all that it is. That it's very simple. It's so that they can't the treat goal, people. Yeah. The goal as the leaked um the leaked document from the Israeli military yeah. shows is to get the Gazans to leave yeah. their homes. That's the goal. They yeah. they want them to leave that city. Yeah. By the way, most of the Gazans that live there are descendants of people that were expelled during the Nakba. Yeah. So yes. basically these are refugees. That that city is just a bunch of people that had their homes stolen from them. Yeah. And same now with, they uh, want to steal their, their refugee <laughs> their refugees. Well there's Khan Yunus, which is now like the second biggest city in the Gaza Strip, was a refugee camp at the beginning. Right. Between, it was between Gaza and Rafa, which are historical cities, and then they, this, this refugee camp, which just became a city. Same with on the West Bank. Refugee camps just became cities. Right. Um, but um, My, my yeah. favorite narrative, though, coming out right now is the idea that the U.S. is holding them back from an invasion of Gaza. Yeah, um, it's, it's tempting to slip into that because it, it does seem like there are there is a, a bit of like – a clash between two factions, if you will, like a faction that wants to go really hard and another faction that's sort of like, let's, <laughs> let's be a little bit more circumspect here, but you know, how much harder can they go? Right. Right. Um, bombing hospitals and churches. You can't go right, any further. Right. The, the thing is that, um, the, the U S holding them back from invading Gaza narrative is to cover their ass for the fact the that they don't want to do it and that they're afraid. Uh, of it. I was, so I was actually doing some research on what, 
taking out, you know, they call it the Gaza Metro. There's about 500 miles of tunnels <laughs> under underneath that uh, that that Hamas has, yeah. and um, it's it's estimated between 300 and 500. They don't even know. They don't even know the extent of the tunnels. And these tunnels are not some the bullshit they had in the 1960s. You know, these are like concrete reinforced, and they're uh, they're tens of meters below ground. No, they're they're like seventy stories under the ground. Right. So they're not yeah. even if they hit those bombs, like they said when they bombed the refugee camp today and they killed probably hundreds of people. They're saying fifty in the American press, which is remarkable that they're even admitting to it. And they're showing basically a block of apartments is blown to smithereens with a massive crater because they hit it with six one ton bombs. And what? you can't tell me you didn't kill hundreds of people doing that. And they did. Um that didn't have any effect. I mean the crater went Maybe no. 10, ten feet deep, if that you know. Maybe, they you know, gotta go like fifty. Yeah, you're gonna have to go much ground. deeper than that to there's get to nothing, the tunnels. There's nothing you can use from from the air that can hit those things. Right. Nothing. Right. Um, the only thing. So I've seen tons of people theorize what they can do. You know that whole story about the gas that, that they want to use nerve gas won't work. I, I'm I'm sure that they discussed. This. They went I, over it, but it can't work. And I, I, I talked about this yesterday. Like, flooding, it can't work. They don't have enough water. They just well, don't they, have they enough use water. Sea water. Use sea water. It, that would be difficult to set up but without interference, though. Like, they would yeah. need, you know, they would need well, to. Well, they would need to. Well, first of all, even transporting the explosives into Gaza to blow the, the tunnels up is fraught with, with problems because how the hell do you get them to the tunnels without coming under fire? Is right. one thing. How do you right? set I mean, up? How do you set up a massive pump to pump seawater into the tunnels without coming under fire? And you can't. They're not going to use Jordan River water, fresh water. One, that would be a waste of it from their perspective. Right. Two, they would just never get the fl- enough flow to do it. And uh, they can't use gas because, as Fred Leuchter said when he was on our show, gas is not a good way to kill people. Uh, and, and it's too risky. They would gas themselves. They would gas civilians in Gaza. They would gas people in Israel if the wind <laughs> well, they changed. Don't care. They don't care about the, uh, the civilians. Well, they but care think about, about the hostages. But think about this, though. Well, they don't even care that much about them. But think about this. What if they did that? And then the images came to the world of all the dead bodies from nerve gas lying scattered all around the Gaza Strip. What would happen? To, Israel would be done. They, the Muslim countries would kill them. I, I honestly think so. I, I think that they have quite a bit of leeway thanks to the United States. However, <clears throat> yeah. you're right. You're right that diplomatically. How could the United States stand by that? Well, they will. But, they would, uh, but it would be. I mean, look at what they've stood what, by so far. I understand. Right. They, they stood by the massacre of 10,000 at least people. You know, we don't have official count. And, you know, they killed more children uh, than were killed in all conflicts globally for like the last five years or something like that. It, it came out. There's like no comparison. There's nothing yeah. that – and America is sitting by and saying we refuse Sick. a ceasefire, refuse a ceasefire, knowing full well that the Israeli airstrikes have no military utility. Yeah. The Israeli airstrikes have touching, no touching the, military the utility. None. They're not touching – and None. all this, this, these fairy tales that, oh, they, they, the tunnels are – um, underneath the hospital. That's that's nonsense. You'd want to bomb a hospital. Bullshit. Stop lying. Bomb, you mean, just want you, to bomb a hospital. The here's the thing. <clears throat> Even if they were, you're not harming the tunnels at all. Like, yeah, and if you bomb the hospital, it. what does it matter? Like, you if the, if it's underneath, so what? No, the other problem too is that these these tunnels, from what I've read, are full of like trap doors, booby traps. Uh, yeah. No, fake, fake, not, like like deceptive deceptive turns. They're going to turn the lights off. I, I read that night vision doesn't work in the tunnels because there's no ambient light no. at all. Um, then there's the problem of uh, that they have to have respirators because you run out of air. Uh, so they're going to have to have a finite amount of air when they go down with soldiers into the tunnels. Then you have the problem of just the, the, the sheer... <laughs> claustrophobia of fighting in a tunnel. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, it's not the first time people have used tunnels to fight. Like, underdogs have used tunnels as a defensive position. <clears throat> this has happened several times before, and every time the the, uh, the attacking army suffers quite a bit trying to, 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 to destroy these. So, you know, 
the, the U.S. has actually been training the Israeli military in tunnel warfare, but <clears throat> all the training in the world can't really uh, do away with the fundamental advantage Hamas has. Yeah, I mean, it, it's they, they've already admitted that some, some Jews got killed today by Hamas, um, right. and, and they're undercounting their deaths. I mean, they, they're absolutely they undercounting. They always do. And, they're, and they're, they're adding them on to the, the victims of the massacre. Um, also, that so-called hostage rescue is totally fake. Yes. It was totally fake. That was a person well, that was never on the list of hostages until they decided to make a, a scene, and then they added her. It was all bullshit. It was all bullshit. Well, so, you know, the Arabs were saying they the- found a Facebook post of hers from, like, the from like several days. At, well, I don't know if that's true or not. That, that could have been fake, too, but whatever. It was obviously fake. That was obviously fake, the, the phony hostage rescue. That was totally fake. And it was timed because Hamas released a video of, of hostages that they had. And that was shown in Israel, and it was causing problems. So then they concocted this fake hostage rescue story. So it's just yeah, right. Well, you know what's funny is that if you look back on the last um, engagement between the um, the Israelis and Hamas, which was in 2014, you'll see that even though the Israelis lied about their own casualties, if you look at actual objective estimates, um, Hamas was able to bring the kill death ratio down to like two to one. Um, right. It was actually more of an even fight than people think. Well, they said they, which they, is they why lost. The Israelis lost the appetite for going in to those tunnels. They said that they <laughs> lost sixty-seven really dead and a thousand wounded. So I'm oh. like, it could be more than that. But here's the here's another thing, though. Here's another reason that they stopped in 2014. And I did a segment on this last week on Tedious. Um, their logistic supply lines only go so far, and they don't actually. It's a small country. Um, they don't have much many, they have almost no manufacturing capacity of their own. They don't manufacture any of their own stuff. They have to completely always get supplied. And then the supply lines from the United States, as much as we will always send them stuff, um, it's a, it's a, it's a long logistical supply line. Just today, they have announced that they are now rationing Iron Dome interceptors. There are communities that are sparsely, more sparsely populated communities that are not getting Iron Dome protection. They have to put them all around Tel Aviv and major cities because they're running out. Um, and Hamas doesn't seem to be slowing down their rocket fire. And this well, is also a, this is a strategy because the Lebanese have much more and much more sophisticated rockets than Hamas, and Hamas is wasting all the Iron Dome missiles. They're going to need to get a re-up of those, but we don't know how many actually exist. How many does America... Can we send them some? I mean, do we have those in stock? Like, American stocks of weapons are low from Ukraine. Like, we don't know. Not that we would send Ukraine Iron Dome, but my point is, like, do we manufacture those in large quantity? Where are they manufactured? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, they're rationing them now. So, they're manufacturing them in Arkansas right now. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. That's what I read recently. But the thing is, like, these things take time. Mm. You know, already I could. And they take this. time to ship over there. Like, it takes. And then they take time to go and equip the, the, the whole setup, right? You know, well, and. Uh, all I'll say is that I think that the bar for Hamas victory is quite low. Yeah. And we can already kind of estimate that Hamas has won. And and how have they won? They well, won. They've won politically already. Politically, but also think of it from the Israeli perspective. Yeah. Um, these Israelis that were living in northern Israel, living in and around the Gaza Strip, settling those areas, they're now all in Tel Aviv. And you know what? No matter what happens, they're never going to go back. They're not going back. They're never going. No, back. The, so there's like five hundred thousand to push Israelis back. Back off of their land, even it's if worked. they can't retake it themselves, it's yeah. already successful. They have um, internally displaced five hundred thousand Jews. Yes, they're they're all because they they evacuated Central Israel where it's safe. They're evacuated from the south, and they're evacuated from the border of Lebanon. Right, they're evacuated from both areas, like two hundred some odd thousand from the southern Israel and 150,000 or so from northern Israel, so, you know, 400 to 500,000 internal. And, and they're bitching about it. If you look at, I look at the Israeli press, now I don't necessarily believe what they say, particularly not in the English language, but they're bitching about the fact that they're internally displaced. And Hamas was even for a while, they were calling it displacement for displacement. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, yeah, we, you displaced our people, and now we're going to make sure you can't ever live. Because no matter what, even if they only shoot one rocket a day, 
and it gets intercepted by Iron Dome over one of those towns, those people aren't going to be there. Just right. Not. So when, when the Israelis were, uh, were saying, get out of Gaza because we're going to level it, Hamas responded with, get out of Askarot because we're going to fire rockets. One displacement for one displacement. And you know what? Hamas has actually displaced these Jews while the Jews have not have failed to displace the Palestinians in Gaza thus far. Right. Um, and and th- this is actually the real motive behind attacking civilian infrastructure is they want to displace them. Yeah, they want them to go. They're going to open up, and they just have to do this, is that there's a field hospital set up by the Egyptian government on the other side of the border, and they're going to put wounded and, and injured. They just have to that, – that's they're going to have to do that, right? But but the Egyptian government has actually made it clear they want them to go back. Afterwards, they don't want to keep many Palestinians. They they were offered significant financial incentives to do it. It's funny because the Arabs seem to have. I was look all these Arab channels I follow on Telegram. They kind of flipped out today because they heard. It seems like they just heard today about the already rejected plan to for, of the United States to forgive Egyptian debt if they take the Palestinians yeah. from Gaza. The Arabs like freaked out because they. Were, <laughs> Because they saw the um, Israeli document that came out, and then they saw that story, and they had to backtrack. Like, oh, that's two weeks old. It was already, already rejected. But well, um, you have to you have to understand. Uh, General El Sisi is an American asset. Yeah, he's an American puppet. Yeah. Okay, he came to power, and so everyone remembers the protests in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2013, there were these protests in Egypt that brought down Morsi. Um, the uh, the former dictator. Um, the problem is he wasn't a dictator. He was elected. Okay, but he was well. Yes, I I would I could dispute that, but we we don't have to get into it. Either way, he was brought down, and they had free elections. When the free elections came, the Muslim Brotherhood won the election. No, no, Parents. you're making an error. You're making an error. Oh, Mubarak was a dictator. Mubarak, pardon. Me. Morsi was elected right. by the Muslim Brotherhood. Right, the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah. Right, Morsi. He right. was elected democratically. He was elected. You're right. Yes. You're right. Yeah. And then uh, El Sisi yeah. went in 2013 and arrested him, overthrew the government, the democratically elected government, on behalf of the United and States. And there was now, a massive riot in Cairo over this, and the Egyptian military killed 600 people. Yes. To, 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 yes. to put down the riot. And nobody taught all the people that were cheering for the protesters. Before yeah, this was the election. Arab Spring, right? Which right, was an Israeli. It was an Israeli fucking Mossad color revolution right, op that that went, which went was like awry. fucking retarded because they already. It's like you don't want a democrat democracy in these no. countries, Jews. You do not right. want. And, and so Hamas yeah. is also in the Muslim Brotherhood. So imagine if Egypt had a Muslim Brotherhood government. Well, this next is why. Hamas. This is like, why it would be, be a problem, which is why the U.S. Uh, put El Sisi in power. In it's also why El Sisi, though, for his own survival, doesn't want two million Palestinians, right? Because it will radicalize Egypt. Uh, it would destabilize Egypt. It would get, give power to radical elements in Egypt that want him out. He, you know, it would possibly lead to a civil war all of on its own. And those Palestinians aren't going to just chill out. This is one of the reasons a lot of these Arab countries that want to collaborate don't want them is because they're like, if we bring them in, they're just going to start attacking Israel from our territory. And that's going to be a problem. Right. And so, like, this is this is the issue. So, yeah, no, two million um, Gazans who absolutely fucking hate Israel and, and, and will support whoever will fight Israel. It will sab- and they'll go and they'll talk to the Egyptians and they'll they'll like red pill a bunch of Egyptians and then you know it'll be a Egyptians are well the fact they don't that need to be red pilled but yeah. that Egyptians elected Morsi and the Muslim <laughs> Brotherhood shows that they're already red pilled right it's just a matter of how do they get did, their political will represented did, in their government did, did when you their see military is bought off by the U S did you see this shit <clears> that the, <throat> that the uh, New York Post had a reporter going around like effectively doxing all like the halal like fucking street vendors yeah. in Manhattan so stupid because they support Hamas and it's like they're all Egyptians they're all <laughs> Egyptian I know I used to support whenever I'd go out in New York City I'd talk to them <laughs> you know I, I'd, I'd get a oh, few yeah. drinks in me and I'd just be like hey man protocols of Zion he's like yes my friend favorite book here have yeah. If you're you're out in New York City (laughs) drinking and you want a free falafel late night, just talk to the halal guy and start fucking going off on Jews in Israel. 
Yeah, they don't give a <laughs> shit. They don't give a shit. You know, one thing too that's that I that I read about recently is that uh, Erdogan, his party, the AKP, is actually has its roots in the Muslim Brotherhood, which is very interesting. Um, so you have Qatar has links to the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm. Egypt um, Egypt has a strong Muslim Brotherhood, uh, and then the party in charge of Turkey has links to the Muslim Brotherhood. I believe their origin was as a part of the Muslim Brotherhood. So um, that's – I mean I, I don't actually believe what these people are talking like Douglas McGregor claims Turkey – Will intervene formally on behalf of the Palestinians. Well, I don't. We'll, I don't. Uh, I don't think he's been I actually. I don't talking, think there's even a, a, an iota of a chance of that ever happening. He's been saying a lot of stuff that is not. But, but he's better on Ukraine. <laughs> but but here's the problem: the people in his party will prevent him from. I think from going further and helping Israel. Well, what the Arabs are saying, what the Arabs are demanding, is that he cut off Israel's oil. Because a pipeline that provides 40% of Israel's oil is um, or originates in Turkey. And it's actually specially constructed. If you look <coughs> at it, it is constructed to avoid Syria and Lebanon. It goes yeah. underneath the ocean. It goes underneath the Mediterranean in, in waters that are shared by Israel and Cyprus. Cyprus has always been totally Jewed up and complete like nest of, it's like, of Jewish yeah. subversion and all it's kinds a, of it's shit. Like, it's like the Israeli Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, anywhere, to, if any business, to, any to business, money and, yeah, yeah. any business based in Cyprus is a filthy Jewish operation, almost certainly. They, they go there to wash money and get gay married. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what. <laughs> yeah. in Israel in Israel, yeah. of course, gay and they've marriage. got like joint. Joint. Um, there's also natural gas discovered on that area. Of course, and of course, you know, whenever, whenever like oil resources are, or, or fossil fuel resources are discovered in this area, it always gives the people that don't want to blame Jews for these conflicts like an out. So there are people literally saying, "Oh, the Jews are trying to exterminate the Gazans because of the natural gas found in the Mediterranean in the waters between Cyprus and Israel." I'm like, "Yeah, but Cyprus and Israel already have international rights to those." And right. the Gazans have none because they have no fucking rights. It's not an issue. Um, and that's an, I mean, now you could say maybe that the, like wanting having to share that kind of thing with Palestinians is one reason they don't want a Palestinian state. But like they just don't want a Palestinian state because they want the Palestinians gone because they want this area of land because they think it's theirs um, because of their tribal ideology. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, it's not, you know. It's difficult, I think, for people that are used to analyzing things in a completely material way to completely grasp Zionist motivations. Um, it, it, you know, and then and then you get people that uh, go over the top with the with the not, with the religious eschatological motivations. It's like no, it's not. It's not like totally over the top, uh, like the biblical prophecy. Like we're gonna get all the Jews there, and God comes back, or whatever. Jews don't no. think that. They're like, no, this is our piece of land we're going to take it back and netanyahu was invoking the prophet isaiah in some speech the other day of course the the passage is a genocidal threat to all non-jews yes. like that. <laughs> that's the only part of their religion they care about right is, right. is the, the parts where you kill everybody right that's the only thing uh right i don't i don't think that uh bb netanyahu is particularly religious no um there's no sign of that now some of the people in his cabinet. Are. Oh, he'll work with the ben, religious ben, kooks. Ben yeah. Gavir, Ben Gavir, and uh, Smoderich are definitely Talmudic Jewish supremacists. Yeah. Like, they're Kahanas. They're 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 uh, they're disciples of Rabbi Meyer Kahana, who is yeah. uh, literally openly preached genocide of mm -hmm. non-Jews. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, 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 his group was but, so extreme that Israel actually banned him. That's how extreme it was. That was kind of optics, but yeah, during right. the Oslo years, yeah. But right. but uh, like, and, frankly, all along, those type of Jews were equally um, wanting the same thing. They were just like, we have to move slower. We have to do it optically. They're literally optics cucks. I mean, we call them optics well, cucks for a reason. That's but, my yeah. that's my point. I remember someone discussing like uh, Hamas's uh, raid of the kibbutzes, right? Um, and they were saying. Oh, these are the wrong people because people that work on kibbutzes are leftists. They're communists. That's not true. Well, it is true. Well, they're leftists, but they're not. They're not. It is true. No, it is true. But just because an Israeli is a communist 
doesn't necessarily mean that they're an anti-Zionist. Right. Um, you know, when, when you remember, remember when those when those Jews on the kibbutzes went on hilltops with chairs to watch Gaza get bombed. Yeah. Half of those people were leftists. Okay, there are people that self-identify as leftists. They want to work on a collective farm. That's what kibbutzes are. It's collective. Well, but let me let me just say this, that that was a more of a thing. Yes, kibbutzes initially when the state of Israel was started were collective farms that were a lot of Jews that had communist leftist ideologies coming out of the Soviet Union, coming out of, you know, leftist. The, the Jew, the Jewish left, the, what you know, the old Jewish left, the people that wanted to do that. That is not so much true anymore. Those kibbutzes are kind of more like luxury gated communities with Filipino labor yeah. <laughs> these days, really? honestly. Yep. Yeah, no, like that, all that, like, now they're, they're, they're more like, they would be more like the Jewish equivalent of like libtards than like leftists. And they're not, they don't work. Yes. They, no, they, they have, they have now brought in brown slave labor effectively yeah um and some of those people got killed they yes. were actually israel was making an issue hamas, of this hamas actually uh had some like asian looking uh yes hostages. yes and yeah again just because they're not jewish doesn't mean they're not um liable because those right. people oftentimes are well intelligence <laughs> assets too like they're yeah look at those eight indians that were put there uh given the death penalty in, I believe, Qatar. Uh, yes. No, not Qatar. What, what, what country was it? I think it? it was Qatar. It was Qatar? Yeah. They were, they were spying for Israel. Right. Okay. Right. So, so so the whole the romanticism of the kibbutz, which actually attracted a lot of liberals and leftists, even Gentile ones in the 60s, where people would even go because, yeah. you know, they didn't understand, like, American leftists and liberals that weren't, were, weren't Jewish didn't totally understand the context of the whole conflict. And they would be like, oh, there's this actual communist experiment going on in Israel. And they would go and they'd volunteer and they'd work on kibbutzes with them for a little while, which, of course, again, Jews, you know, exploiting Gentile labor. But um, Jews would go. But there were also, you know, I have um, I haven't known, but my parents would tell me about Jews that they knew that had actually done that. But then they, they felt like the, the claim that these Jews made was that they came back to America because they didn't <laughs> like the policies of the Israeli government. That might have been true, but it might have also been that they got scared. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you know, that they got scared because there's actually, particularly the, the after the um, 73 war, the Jews felt very secure. And then the Intifada in the 80s came around and they – and because that was the first time the Palestinians – remember – the Arab-Israeli conflict wasn't really between the Jews and the Palestinians until the 80s. Yes. Before that, it was the Arab states that were fighting them. Right. It was when they actually, Syria, when the Palestinians Jordan. started fighting and throwing rocks and shooting Jews and, and fighting. It was the first intifada. Yeah, it was in the 80s. And that's when a lot of Jews actually moved back to America from Israel. Yeah. A lot of liberal Jews, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's an, I've read a lot about this conflict. It's a, it's a conflict I've been interested in since I first became politicized in the late 90s. And I've got a lot of knowledge about it. But yeah, those kibbutzes don't hold up to that that dream that they had for them. Of a place where, like, these socialist, these robust socialist Jews would go and work farms. Then, of course, like always, they don't want to work. That's that's the whole point. Yeah, Other people work know, for you. Like that's kind of the right. point of their whole thing. Right, and yeah. and um, you know the thing with the the, the, the kibbutzes too. Uh, the end of the labor Zionist movement in the seventies also kind of took them. Yeah, took the the because there was a period. So the Soviet Union has been anti-Israel since the 60s, right? They, yeah. they sided with the Arabs against the, the Jews. Um, but the American left was not anti-Israel until around the 80s. I would say until the 80s. It became more. It became Israel critical. And I wouldn't say it went fully anti-Israel until the 90s. The awesome. 90s. Yeah. And, you know, there's actually even um, precedent for people in the U.S. State Department being far more critical of Israel in the 60s and 70s oh, yeah. than they were in the eight, than, than they are now. I mean, that now it's not. You know, I, I was talking about this on my. I have a Twitter, by the way, uh, Dark Eric Stryker, and uh, there uh, I, I was talking about the idea of wasps. You know, this is something you hear from R Russian coded English speaking media, not really, not necessarily just RT, but more so like these. Um, 
people like the Scott Ritter types talking yep. about mm-hmm. Ang- Anglo-Saxon this, Anglo-Saxon that. I know that. exactly what you're talking about. You know, whatever – listen, there are some critiques of, of, Anglo, of Anglo politics, right, the Anglo right that I agree with, particularly the Hayekian post-war right, which was really Judaized. But with that said, that's really unfair and it's false. Because at the same time that they're going around talking about Anglo-Saxon this and Anglo-Saxons are behind this war, they're also promoting Tucker Carlson and Colonel Douglas McGregor, two Anglo-Saxons from the deep state who were essentially purged from the elite of America because they are for the WASP interest. McGregor and Tucker Carlson are the real Anglo-Saxon interest – in the American system. Such as They're it not- even exists. And there was more of it even going back to even the 80s. Now, and it wasn't all manifesting on the right, of course. There was an Anglo-Saxon left, which has always been highly critical of Israel. Yes. And, um, and in England, as I was oh. saying, like anti-Israel sentiment is not something new to England. It's not something Arabs bought. It's not because of the Arab immigrant. In fact, I would bet you that the white White British opinion has shifted to uh, more pro, be more sympathetic to Israel based on, based on the Arab, Arab immigration, because which Absolutely. is a conflict strategy that the Jews have implemented. Because I remember in the 90s and the aughts, white British, even conservative ones, had to signal that they weren't totally cucked by Israel. But now we have a much more brown Britain. We have the prime minister and the home secretary are brown, and it's fucking illegal to say almost anything negative. And it's not even just Jews. It's like Israel. And we have the Labor Party and the Tories are both firing uh, people, lower-level functionaries in their party who suggest that maybe they should be even-handed and support a humanitarian ceasefire. Both Labor and and conservatives have fired party functionaries for this in the last day. Right. In the last day. Exactly. Like, you know, if America was actually governed by Anglo-Saxon, even the most imperialistic Anglo-supremacist whatever theories, it wouldn't be backing Ukraine or Israel. Those are not in, 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 the, in the objective interests of an American empire. No, those are Jewish places. Those are those Jewish are Jew- interests. Jew- those are Jewish interests. That's why both Israel and Ukraine – have a president and prime minister that is Jewish, not Anglo-Saxon. And Ukraine right? has been, a, frankly, place a lot of Jews have been for a long time. Well, Ukraine has been used as a cudgel against Russians since the times of the Bolsheviks. The Bolsheviks right. – see, people, of course, deliberately misquote me when I say this. I'm not saying Ukrainians are necessarily not real because any people can say I'm this people and they're real, Right. If if Ukrainians say they're Ukrainians and they're different from Russians, then they're Ukrainians and they're different from Russians. What is artificial, what was created by the Judeo-Bolsheviks, was the actual nation of Ukraine as we know it today. Okay, This was basically pieced together first by Trotsky and Lenin and then by Stalin who stole land after World War II (laughs) – Stole land from Romania and Hungary and added it to Ukraine. So this is the actual artificial entity. That's why all of these Russians that live in the Donbass, you know, there's a the, the argument the Russians are making is that this is these people are there because of a historic accident. That they're really they're Russians. They consider themselves Russians, just like the Ukrainians are Ukrainian, consider themselves Ukrainian. The Russians in the Donbass are Russian and consider themselves Russian. Which is why they, they, they have been fighting this insurgency against the Ukrainian coup that is defined almost exclusively by being anti-Russian. Yeah. Okay, so. And frankly, the fact that the city of Kiev was located in this territory after the Cold War and given to this nation, that, this country that wasn't Russian, it's like, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, th- this is all yeah. this is all Soviet history, but yeah. you know the, the whole the whole point is that you know um, again even some of those territories the Ukrainians are lucky that the Hungarians and Romanians and Poles are basically assets of the American uh, Zionist Empire because if it wasn't for that they would probably be aligned with Russia 
reclaiming their own territories in Ukraine. Okay, and then you can go even further back and say, okay, this is German territory. I mean, again, you know, the, the idea that these are fixed well, there borders. are there is still. I know that there were like Third Reich larpers that were like, when the Russia Ukraine war broke out, like this should have all just been Germany. And I'm like, right. I get it, but like, just like just like uh, in in the Palestine Israel conflict, there's uh, larpers that say, no, this is Christian Jerusalem. This is you know that, the the Deus Volk crowd. Yeah, well, that's a that that's a that's a silly both sides isn't that I've seen where they're like Palestine or Israel and they're like Christians they're like Rome, you know. It's like it's like yeah, but that's which not is a, stupid. That's not a player though. There are no Christians on the Israeli side, but there are plenty on the Palestinian side. Did you see that right. church they bombed? Yeah. Uh, yes. So if that's your right. if that's your metric, you're Christian. Right. I mean, if you're going to be a if you're going to do the Christian <laughs> traditionalists, you are obligated to support. The, the Palestinians, because they're the only ones that are Christian, and they actually have an arch, an Orthodox archdiocese, uh, and they have officials that work for the Orthodox Church that are that are in Palestine and Jerusalem, and and the Gaza Church was like one of the the oldest churches in the world, one of the earliest founded churches, because um, it's right in that area, right by where. Jesus lived and everything, so yeah. yeah, like you, you know, you would be obligated. And when I see Christians that try and America, I mean, I'm not, I don't like criticizing people on the basis of something I don't believe and telling them what they should believe. But in this, I feel confident in doing it because I know I'm like I know more than you do about this when you talk to Christian Zionists and such. And this, the thing is, Christian Zionists, uh, you know, they, they get the blame for this stuff. They are a convenient scapegoat for Jews. But, of course, we always talk about people that are Christian Zionists have absolutely no power in any other respect. Um, so suddenly they are granted all this power. And as we spoke about the Antifa declaration about the war where they blamed Christian Zionists. What about Zionist Zionists? What about Jewish <laughs> Zionists? What about, what about Jewish Zionists? Zionists? And, and Do in you fact, you know, condemn them? No. Talking about, you know, you talked about that those that English speaking Russia shill media, which is uh, I've been going increasingly suspicious of, because um, the way that they avoid this issue, and it's funny because Russia's not avoiding the issue as much as they are. No, Russia will host Hamas, right? Host and and Hamas. they had to. The Duran was like tripping over themselves, apologizing for that, and I was like, why? Who fucking cares? It makes me curious what's going on there. Because they're yeah. probably the most notorious. Because Scott Ritter is a blowhard idiot. Those guys are very, at least the one guy is very convincing, very intellectual, very, very convincing. But then I'm like, he takes this very weird stance on this issue. It's, and I'm wondering, are you just, maybe he's just afraid of getting banned. Because oftentimes before, in, in years past, when this issue has come up, he's like, I just can't comment on it because I want to keep my channel. So right. it might just be that, you know? But, um,. But still, it's like the 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 level of avoidance and 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 and, and the level of like entertaining things which are stupid yeah. in order to have stuff. Why not to say talk nothing? About? If you're afraid, yeah. say nothing. Yeah, in order to if have you're, if stuff. If you're afraid, yeah. don't comment. Instead of saying something retarded or having a guest, like Anglo-Saxons on. run Israel. Yeah, that's the kind yeah, of stupid yeah. Well, shit they're not saying they're not saying that. But they, they, well, you know, there are there are some people that are saying that. Yes, I have to say actually. Of all the Russia shills, uh, this guy Brian Berletic, who runs a channel called The New Atlas, who I think he might actually be more like a China shill, and maybe that's why he's a little bit better. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know. He actually started going real hard at Israel in recent. Now he's not completely accurate in everything he's saying, but I think the mistakes are are more honest because he came out with a whole expose of why the ho- hospital bombing was fa- was was bullshit. Like the the things that the Jews were saying was bullshit. He continually talks about how the Jews are killing all these civilians, etc. So I tend to feel like what he's saying, if he's making errors, are just honest errors. I don't know. I can't tell. But, um, you know, uh, anyway, the point is that, that, that this crowd will, will border on, like, weird conspiratard stuff. Now, maybe that's a plan that Russia does. Maybe they want people in the West just being dumb because why not just create chaos? You know, I don't know. But generally speaking, the, but prior to any of that, the conspiracy community I always was very frustrated with because – it always seemed like you're stretching. You're trying to find villains that are acceptable. You're talking about yeah, the British Empire, the a, royal family, the... That's the problem uh, with conservatism. 
Right, because conservatism is really, frankly, it's just one step away from a conspiracy theory at all times. It really is. Like, and when something, when something you're not allowed to discuss comes up, that's always the cop-out, mm-hmm. is the conspiracy thinking. Right, where uh, people start talking about New World Order, WEF stuff, and it's like, I understand your sense that there's a shadowy elite controlling everything and that the governments that you see don't really have the power they claim or aren't really operating based on the premises that they're putting forward or don't really believe in the things that they say and have a secret hidden agenda. I get why you believe that. And I agree with you. And you're right, but like don't let yourself get distracted by, you know, weird wild shit that's more just entertainment than it is politics. Well, the problem the problem here is that um like my main issue with it is that if you misidentify the source of an attack, yeah, you can't. You're never going to be able to counter it, right? Right. If if you're in a boxing match and you start fighting the referee uh, instead of the boxer, right. you're just going to get knocked out. Or if you're like in Hamas and you pop up out of your tunnel and you shoot your anti tank missile at ninety degrees from where the Jews are actually approaching, <laughs> you just wasted an anti tank yeah, missile. You shoot a you UN just shoot a sand dune. <laughs> you shoot a you shoot a UN truck right. instead of because remember the Israelis are pawns of the UN. Right. So right. that's that that's right. a kind of stupid thinking and right. where the, you you go. And so right. this is actually the problem. This is why I was so adamant about you know, it wasn't to spoil people's party or to to, to destroy I'll to, spoil to, people's to be party. the to be the fun police. It was because this WEF narrative is false. Well, my thing is my thing is this: I'll be the fun police, but I want you, I want to police you to have more fun. It's way more fun yeah. to actually hit be actually correct. It's way more fun to be in our team because we're right, and being right is fun. And also, like, uh, there's a there's a certain kind of like when 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 it's fake, like you'll notice that the communities that believe fake stuff are always a shit show mess. But our community, where we believe real stuff, is very much not like that. Not that there's not issues, but the point is that like the solidarity is much stronger, right? Because if you're just believing fake stuff, well, one fake thing is is just as good as any other fake thing, and then you can fight over fake stuff, and you, you know, whatever. Well, but, you know what, you know what else too is that when you team up with the crazies, these are not reliable allies, and so Jews are yeah. fighting this out on the right. right. All these people that they sort of platform, like Stu Peters, um, you know, people like uh, even Alex Jones, these people that conservatives try to create some sort of alliance with. Uh, in in terms of promoting WEF uh, yeah. COVID conspiracies and stuff, well, they're regretting that now because these people are too crazy to be useful when you need them. So the whole plan there was, hey, let's let's get let's round up all these lunatics, and then we'll have them here in our pocket well, in case we need we need to have the the sort of internet right, the online right. In you know taken care of in a situation where Zionism is under attack. Well, the other problem, the problem is, is though is that those people are now saying things like, "Well, no, BB must have known." Even that guy, Patrick Ben Ben, what's his name from Valuetainment, that retarded. It's the most retarded. Oh, that guy who seems like he's a Jew but isn't. He's not. Yeah, his name is he's Jewish, not. but he's not. Yeah, he was there with. Uh, he was there grilling Ron DeSantis. Uh, first of all, you say something like, "Oh, I know." I know your cowboy boots have a secret uh, have secret uh, platforms or something. <laughs> he was doing that <laughs> and, then, and then five minutes later, he was like, "Don't you think that giving Israel this blank check? I mean, do you think BB knew? How could he not have known?" Yeah, you know dude, I saw. Remember that guy, Paul Craig Roberts? Yeah, I saw like a video. I only watched like two minutes of it, and then I turned it off because it was retarded. He was doing the like all the fence from Gaza is the most heavily monitored thing in the world. Yes. I'm like, is it though? I'm like, I'm like, check your fucking premises. Do you know that for sure? You're just making that up because you think the Israeli state has the powers of God. Like, what is it? You know? Well, like, the problem is if you're a person that that who is out of touch with reality, uh, you know, doesn't believe in the moon landing and things like that. Like, dude, a, a fox dude, can't cross the Gaza border without the Israelis. This is what he said. And I was like, right. do you know that, though? Like, again, this is my this is always my question for people. Like, how do you know that? How do you well, know? What the fuck? Fair, how good it is, it is? It is very surveilled and whatever. Yeah, but sure. But like the, the the people in Hamas, what they did with the billion dollar security system 
uh, on the Gaza border is they just built a tunnel underneath and used some kind of um, some kind of uh, jamming device to uh, to basically freeze out the surveillance. Uh, what the, they the, did, they they used drones. They used drones to drop grenades on the listening post before that they went too. out, and they didn't have. A, it didn't matter. The thing is. It didn't matter once the alarms went off because there weren't enough fucking Jewish troops to fight them. That there was the problem. IDF soldiers. They had moved all the soldiers into the, West, the West Bank. Bank. Yes. This was They're the problem. And the, the ones that were there, they killed like 300 of them right away. They went into the base and they, they, they got the drop on them, surprised them, and killed them all. Yep. That's right. So the idea that, you know, you, you, it's impossible despite being surveilled. I mean, if you look the idea at, that it's impossible to fight is very attractive to conservatives. Well, well, Hamas, the way Hamas communicated throughout this operation appears to be with closed phone lines. Yeah. So they use landlines that were closed to yeah. communicate. That's yeah, what they just wired the up tunnels. the tunnels with actual phones. Yeah. They, that's what they're using in the just, tunnels. Just old phones. <laughs> so you know, get, you can't yeah. you can't intercept those signals. You can't you tap can't, it. You it, can't spy on it. They just use an, a combination of analog technology and likely Iranian. Uh, more modern technology to hack things, to uh, create distractions, and so on, and and all this put together, you know, we, we could we could speculate this is a two year one to two year plan. They've probably been planning an operation of this type with those tunnels for more than that. Yeah, okay? probably years. since twenty fourteen they've been planning something. Yeah, like that. so you know, all of that makes perfect sense. If it's just a fail, a lot of, a lot of the reason conservatives always back, back, you know, the, the schizo cons, they always retreat to the, the, the realm of magic and, uh, of, of conspiracies that don't even make sense. Cause even though BB's, uh, genocidal ideology is, is supported by 90% of Israeli society. Now BB himself is hated by 90% of Israeli society. So right. the idea that the Quay Bono, Certainly not him. Well, the Quay Bono doesn't it didn't work out, and and that 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 pokes a hole in their plan because they don't understand internal Israeli politics. Right, it's the failure and, of imagination and frankly ignorance of these things. Right, I mean, thinking that this was Bibi's check out of his domestic problems is wrong. He's not. He's going to probably go to jail. He's going to go this to jail is over this. Yeah. if he saying. survives. Yeah, go read Israeli media. They're yeah. not friends so, with Bibi right now. So. Dude, the hostages are, are like taking shots at him in like hostage videos. They're like, I saw. Shots did you see? Did you see that old lady that went out there and she's like, first of all, Hamas treated me extremely well. Yes, yes. <laughs> that and then she starts all, taking political shots at Bibi. Yeah, the, yeah they were. They were she yeah. was told by the Israelis <laughs> not to do that before her interview, and she's like, "Well, no state owns me, so I'm just going to say what I think." Right. So that's someone who was literally kidnapped by Hamas. Right. And dude, they were so fucking mad about that shit. They were so mad. They that was a that was a thing because they were like the what was funny about that was all the commentary from Israeli media was frankly about how the state fucked up by not controlling that PR well enough. They were like, and so it kind of also shows you the mindset of Israelis. Where's the idea of free press? Where's the idea of any kind of let people say whatever they want, right? The Jews don't have this idea. The, 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 the criticism from all the Jews was like, why did the state not, not properly handle this PR event? Why did they not know what this woman was going to say? Why, didn't, why wasn't there a state minder there? Why was a camera put in this woman's face before we knew everything she was going to say, before it was completely controlled by like a government operative to, you know, to make sure we said everything we want? You know, this was the criticisms from all the Israeli newspapers of that event with that woman that said that. It's, it's like, you know, these people, like Americans, understand these people don't think like us. They're not like us, you know. They, you know, I, I actually kind of, uh, you know, it's funny because we tend to think in more authoritarian ways, I think, than than the average American would, right? Um, but even sometimes, still, the, like the absolute total lockdown control of everything that the Jews demand surprises just, just, me. Just so, you, just so you know, Mike, there's no stream at all on the front page. Everyone's complaining. All right, hold on a sec. Wait, yeah, let's just oh, take hold on a second. Fixes. All right, let me let me take a second to fix it. Yeah. So there's no stream at all on the front. 
page. All right. Um, 